Welcome to the One Rental at a Time podcast. This is your host, Michael Zuber. This is the show where we interview guests involved in the real estate business, from experts to newbies, wholesalers, flippers, buy and hold, apartments, commercial, notes, hard money, Airbnb, mobile homes. It doesn't matter. If you're involved in the business, we want to talk to you. This show relies on referrals and recommendations from our listeners. If you know someone we should talk to, please make a recommendation. As the author of One Rental at a Time, The Journey to Financial Freedom, I'm dedicated to helping you take your first or your next step on your real estate journey. But I need your help. We need to spread the message of One Rental at a Time Works. Please share this podcast, my YouTube channel, and of course, my book, all called One Rental at a Time. Thanks, and let's start the show. Good morning, everyone. How are we doing? So, uh, again, I really like doing these daily millionaire news. Uh, kind of adds purpose to my morning. Kind of makes me, you know, feel like I got to get something done. So, uh, so thank you for watching these, uh, subscribing, asking questions, all that good stuff. Yesterday was a great day. Uh, if you don't know uh, this book that's been out for about a year, One Rental at a Time, finally got on Audible. It has been a about a hundred day journey, and uh, it's finally there, and I'm I'm still thrilled. You know, I know I talked about it yesterday, but I'm still thrilled. I do need some help though. Uh, you know, as a self published author, your book reviews are huge, uh, and I want to thank you. There's been about ten written on Amazon uh, in the last. 72 hours. So thank you very much. Um, if you haven't yet had a chance to write your review, it would be greatly appreciated. I just checked this morning and I actually believe there's a review already on Audible. You guys are amazing. Thank you very much. And um, yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Any any reviews you leave, even just a short great book, help. I don't know what else to do to get the Amazon algorithm or the Audible algorithm to, to recommend the book. It is growing. It is helping uh, more and more people. But, you know, I give a lot. If I could just ask you a quick favor to leave a review, much appreciated. So about yesterday, took an investor down to Fresno. We looked at a completed project. Um, thank you. I appreciate that. I will go look for your photo, Josh. Uh, so we left... Um, I'm sorry, Fresno yesterday. So we went and saw a finished product uh, that was done. Uh, we went and saw one that's just starting. Oh, man. Slumlord properties are disgusting. Uh, I actually got a couple of videos to load. One of the finished product and one of the... I mean, I wish I had smell-o-vision. Right? I don't know what it is about these Slumlord properties. They look bad. And you'll see that in the video. It's about 90 seconds, I think. But man... I don't know what's up with these smells. I, I wish I could do scratch and sniff or something for you uh, because it's um, it's pretty amazing. And as you'll see, uh, if you've been watching this channel for any length of time, I think there's a playlist called Walkthroughs. Take a look. I think they're all about two minutes long. Um, I share everything, right? From the day one trash out remodels to the, to the finished product. So if you want to really see what it means to buy Slumlord and create pride of ownership, there's all kinds of stuff out there. Yeah, I've had to rip out subfloor from a cat house before. Man, that stuff is terrible. Oh, terrible. But on to the news of the day. I don't know if you saw this. 
Uh, but good old Tesla and Elon Musk just uh, initiated or, or put out a $2 billion stock offering. And I actually put in the title, Can We Trust Elon Musk? And the reason I put that there is I'm pretty sure like two weeks ago, maybe three, he was publicly saying he is not going to raise capital. He is He's not going to go to the market. He's not going to take advantage of Tesla's suddenly rich stock price. And like 14 days later, you're like, suddenly you're putting out $2 billion? I mean, what the hell? And that's not the first time he has said one thing and the company has done something else. So for all of his, um, I don't know what you would credit him for, ideas, marketing genius, whatever, it doesn't seem like you can trust him very much when you talk about stocks and raising cash and all of that. Now, keep in mind, I'm not saying it's a bad idea to raise cash. I think it's a wonderful idea. Uh, I think putting more cash on your balance sheet strengthens you for whatever's coming in the future. So I think it's a great business idea. But what irks me is when not two day, two weeks ago, might have been three, but I think it was two, you come out and publicly say, you're not going to do that. Then the stock goes on a wild ride the last couple of weeks, and then you come out with a $2 billion stock offering. What are people supposed to think? I don't trust them when it comes to that stuff. So, uh, again, you know, Elon Musk uh, is arguably, I don't, I, I actually don't think it's arguably, I think he is a genius when it comes to ideas and execution and things. Um, he's not a CFO for a reason. So maybe there should be some caution when he talks about things more CFO related. That's what I would do anyway. I did think it was funny that it also said, oh, I'm going to bring $2 billion to the market, but don't worry, I'm going to buy $10 million of it. Really? I mean, what is that? Like half a percent or not even that? So, I don't know. It, it just feels so disingenuous and goes against everything, at least I believe in. So that was interesting. Did you see the Princess Cruise, the one that's been, uh, I think it's Diamond Princess? Are we back? I think we're back. Sorry about that. So I do think it's interesting on the Princess Cruise, the one that's docked in Japan. Um, I think they have 68 cases now, which is more than any country. I There's, there's something about this virus. Because again, these people have been, if you've read the stories, they're held in their little camets. So how is this virus, you know, being spread around? I don't know. It's... Uh, it's interesting. And I wonder if they're getting off the ship because they, you know, they're being, frankly, more humane. Because I couldn't imagine sitting in an inside cabin with no windows, that stale air. Ugh, terrible. Misery. Um, or if they've just realized that maybe keeping them on the ship is just destined to make them all sick, right? I mean, you could look at it from both angles. I don't know. It's There's something going on. But the fact that the princess ship now has more issues. Um, yeah, I think so. I think, and they they went up like 20,000, Troy. It's, it's weird. But if you read the article, they're just classifying likely, I don't know, likely candidates or likely infected people. It's, it's not over, right? We were, we were calling for a slowdown in infections, but now that's clearly been reversed. But I, but I think 
I think we need to watch that cruise ship and the guests on that ship. There's 3,000 people. And it went from, what, six people to 10 to 20 to 60? There's something there that we need to watch. Because, again, the ship has more cases than um, countries. So this thing is pretty infectious. So pretty interesting. Another thing I saw is it looks like Chinatowns around the U.S. have been... Um, uh, been hit with less business. And this is just what I talk about all the time, right? Consumer behavior. This is, um, you know, just what happens when, pe when people are nervous, scared. This is, you know, it's a reaction you could have probably bet on or counted on. Is it right? I don't think it's right at all. I, you know, I, I, uh, my wife is from Taiwan, right? So she is Asian. So going to a Chinatown, going out to Chinese restaurants, it's it's like going to an Italian restaurant or something else. So I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's right that it's happening. But again, that's what's right and what's actually happening are two very different things. This is why I track consumer behavior because they can they can move markets all by themselves. And right now they're saying, you know what? I'm scared. I don't have all the data. I'm not going to Chinatown. I'm not going to Chinese restaurants. And that's just one example of what can happen when the consumer masses pivot, and they can really affect. Um, affect things. For example, I suspect travel to the Asia region is going to be fall off a cliff for the first six months of 2020. Again, the consumer can move the needle on businesses, and that's why I track it all the time. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, it's the first time I've seen it, but the CDC came out and basically said, get ready, the U.S., get ready, you know, the United States, it's coming which I thought was pretty odd. I think we're at our 12th case. Again, I don't know what I don't know what's going on that CDC would say that. And but we're at 12. I don't know what they're seeing in the data or what they know that we don't know, but I thought that was a you should look it up. I'll actually see if I can find it again and link it in the description below. I thought it was a terrifying message. So, I don't know why they sent that out. It's one of those things that can just scare a lot of people. Uh, next up was Goldman Sachs basically coming out and saying, hold your nose and buy Caterpillar, right? This virus saying, yes, it's scary and blah, 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 but it'll be over in Q1, which is likely true. Uh, so buy Caterpillar, right? It's been crushed because of, um, you know, orders and all of that uh, in much of the world on Asia. Uh, so again, hold your nose and buy it. I think they saw 20% upside. Again, these are things that you can buy if you're willing to hold your nose and, and hold for a long time. Uh, another one is Jeff Bezos. I don't know if you saw this, but he just plunked down $165 million for property. A property in Southern California called the Warner Estates. Apparently, it has a nine-hole golf course on it. That's a big-ass estate. Uh, it was built in 1937 uh, by the CEO of Warner Studios. I guess, hence Warner Estate. Uh, it was actually last bought for $47.5 million in 1990. That's a hell of a run, right? From, let's call it $48 million to $165 million. It's 30 years, though, so, right? That's still, what is that, and, nearly $120 million? $117.5 million appreciation. So, that's, man, that's a huge tax bill, huh? Woo! 
God, man, that's a big-ass tax bill. And then lastly, good old Charlie Munger. I've been pretty vocal on this that I've watched Je um, Warren Buffett and um, uh, Ray Dalio, right? Anytime their names are quoted, uh, you got to give a shout out to Charlie Munger. He's kind of like the, the grumpy uncle <laughs> to Warren Buffett. Uh, he's 96 now, uh, but he's basically come out and said, uh, no, I don't think you can 1031 owner occupant stuff, Troy. I'm guessing it was an owner that owned that hundred, that, I don't know, 165 million. No, they are paying taxes. That's for sure. Uh, but good old Charlie Munger, the, the crazy or the grouchy uncle to Warren Buffett is saying, um, there's a lot of trouble coming. Excess is coming back into the system. And then he went on this tirade talking about how the Chinese own stocks. I don't know really what he was trying to get at. It kind of seemed rambling, kind of like a right turn. But all I could kept thinking about is, wow, that kind of feels like the U.S. in 2000 when we were betting on internet stocks and everybody was talking about stocks. It kind of think that's what he was talking about. So in the end, good old Charlie Munger. Uh, no, I don't watch George Gammon. Should I, Josh? I don't. Is that? I guess that's a YouTube guy or is he on CNBC? Who's that? I don't know who George is. I haven't seen him. Uh, but in the end, that's what we got uh, today. Again, uh, I will hopefully be loading a couple of videos of walkthroughs, one of a finished product, one of disgusting slumlord condition. Uh, later today, I have, I have my weekly interview with Matt Seamus here in about 30 minutes. Uh, I do have one at 9 o'clock, I think, as well. And then the rest of my day is going to be getting ready for Texas. And I think I have a signing at noon. I think I'm, I think I'm buying something else, I think, at noon. So in the end... You have a wonderful day, and of course, we will talk to you tomorrow. Have a wonderful day. Take care.